and welcome to The Haunted Ride, your resident podcast for all things paranormal and spiritual. I'm your host, Melissa, a slider, lover of spirits and ghosts, whether I want to be or not, they don't ask my permission before they do things because, well, they can be jerks. And our wonderful, precious universe, who I also very much adore. I hope you have your tea and your snacks. Somebody actually took the time to let me know that they like this whole, like, new informative introduction. I don't know what you would call it, but they like the sort of descriptive introduction. So I thought we'd keep it and keep doing it. And I don't really have anything set in stone for what I say. So kind of to switch it up every time too. But yeah, someone said they liked it and hopefully you like it too. This week, we have two stories referencing crimes. I will let you know the third story does reference a crime which happened to a minor. I don't go into the crime because I felt like that was disrespectful to do towards the family that was still a person. And so out of respect, I don't think they need to have that aired on the show. But I do want to let you know that that is in there. So if that's something that you don't like, you may want to skip the third story. Also, a Ouija slash spirit board story. And lastly, we also talk a little bit on where to get crystals for a cheaper price than you may find anywhere else. Without further ado, we are going to get into our lovely promo for the week, and I will talk to you guys in a bit. I can't stop. I can't stop. Must follow. Stream October Pod wherever I go. Was you thinking about the show? Oh, please. Please don't start on me now, Rollo, please. Rollo says smile. Rollo says dance. Rollo says go summon the devil. Edward October presents Octoberpod, a terrifying spook show. Available now on YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, and at octoberpodvhs.com. Octoberpod. Retro horror for bold individualists. All right, so our first story of the day is by a lovely lady named Sydney Ellison. It begins with I literally just started listening to your podcast and I'm hooked. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for all of your stories and advice. I also wanted to ask what your take is on crystals, and I've been wanting to get into using them, but I have no idea where to start. So any advice from me would be greatly appreciated. So we're going to take a quick second to talk about crystals. I love crystals. I love them. I now have a bunch of like tiny little crystals in my house. I've even thought about like maybe buying some crystals in bulk that I kind of resonate with and maybe like doing some sort of like a resale merch store where you guys can get them too or like hand them out for Patreon members. This has not been done, but it was just like an idea since we talk about spirituality so much and crystals and stuff. But yeah, crystals are amazing. What I would suggest is if you have a metaphysical storm around you, just walk in and just glance around. See if anything catches your eye. See if you kind of feel drawn to a particular corner. 
I will say that with some metaphysical shops, you got to be like a little careful because sometimes the people like they know what they're doing. So they know how to like draw you in and talk to you and try to convince you to buy something. So if you're not feeling anything, you know, don't, it's perfectly okay to like leave empty handed or maybe just get an incense or something, but kind of just, you know, browse around until you find something that really like speaks to you. And, and that, that will happen. Like if you spend enough time in the store, you'll find something that just kind of in between all the other like bits and pieces of noise and energy, it'll, it'll mean something to you. I know I shared a story about when I went into a metaphysical shop and my spirit guide was like, eh, you really don't need to go to that one. And I was like, yeah, but this is the one with easiest parking. So like, let's at least go in there. And if nothing else, we'll just buy some incense. And while I was there, I did find Amazon, Amazon type, Amazon type. I don't really know how it's pronounced, but I did find that. I was like, holy shit, like, this is amazing. Like, I love the feel of it. Uh, I didn't buy it because it was really expensive. And that's something else I will talk to you about with crystals. They are sort of expensive. Like what I've been doing actually with a lot of the crystals I've gotten is I'll just go on eBay and they have a section that's called rock fossils and crystals. And if you look in there, like you can get like a ton of crystals for pretty cheap. Now, when I say pretty cheap, I mean like under $10. Like I bid on crystals that are under five normally, and I've got like a threshold of how far I'll go up. And I've gotten a ton of actually like jewelry. I've gotten a couple of pieces that are beautiful, beautiful crystals, and they're really great, and they resonate really well with me in the house. Normally, I won't buy the first thing I see, though. Like, most of the time, like, I'll just purchase something because it, I don't know, it just catches my eye. But I have had, like, one piece of it that I'm having trouble connecting with, and comically enough, it's a Amazon type, Amazon type, I don't know how the hell you pronounce it, but it's a ring, and um, there's nothing wrong with it at all, just... It doesn't match my energy anymore. But yeah, I've gotten actually really great stuff from eBay. I've got a picture jasper, a tiger's eye, two moonstones, and lapis lazuli, I think is how it's pronounced. Again, as as you know, I don't know a lot about crystals. (laughs) You can look them up and find all the different meanings and stuff. But I found that for me, I tend to resonate with ones that I need right then and there. Like if I really am in this place where I want to access my psychic abilities more, like I will resonate with a ton of crystals designed just for that. If I need to work on my throat chakra and standing up for myself more, I will be resonating with crystals for that. And then there's just like overall ones that I resonate with. So either way, um, I definitely think you'll find something that will be amazing for you and will be exactly what you're looking for. Now on to the rest of your store. Uh, I have a couple more stories, but I'll send them in at a later time. Whoop! I'm excited. Also, thank you for sending this in because I know that you were a little concerned it was kind of long. I didn't think it was long. I actually read the whole story too and I loved it. So I didn't think it was long at all. And thank you for sending it in. And if you guys ever like are concerned about it, honestly, just send it to me. I'm never going to turn your story away. It could be like a full book and I'll just dedicate an entire episode to that story. Like it's that's fine with me. Stories just really make me happy and being able to get your experiences make me happy. On to the actual experience. I have a best friend. We've been more like sisters than anything else for years. We have somewhat of a special connection. Like we can know what each other is thinking without even having to say it. Sounds like a beautiful, beautiful relationship. A few years ago, her cousin unfortunately passed away. Very sorry to hear that. 
A little bit of a backstory so it all makes sense. Her cousin was young, maybe 18 or 19 years old. She got mixed in with a rough crowd and ended up in a gang. So needless to say, she didn't have any contact with any of her family for quite some time. About a week or so before her passing, she went to her dad's house and told him that she was wanting out and wanted to move back home and get her life in order. But she was scared because the boyfriend, which must have been the leader of all of this, she thought he would surely kill her. About a week or so later, she passed away in a really bad car accident, and the boy that she was dating slash scared of was in the car with her, and he survived the crash. No one really knew why they crashed, and it was just a really big confusing mess. So after her funeral, weird shit started happening. My best friend believes in the paranormal and ghosts, but she kind of just ignores stuff and brushes it off. I, on the other hand, 100% believe because of other things that have happened to me, but it scares the shit out of me and I can't ignore it. I definitely feel you on that sometimes. Things started happening to my friend, like weird knocking on the wall or tapping on a window, things like that, but she ignored them. Like I said, she and I are extremely close and tell each other everything. So I'm guessing since what we think was her cousin wasn't getting to her, she decided that she was going to get my attention, which we've talked about this a lot, Ghosts or spirits will try to contact whoever they can. They will try to get their attention if they're ignored and they know that you can see them, but you're ignoring them. That just makes them upset a lot of times. And so they'll just keep trying. Other times they'll understand. It just depends on the ghost or spirit or what you're dealing with. But if you are just ignoring them and they get tired of trying, They'll move to somebody else that you know who can see them. And in this case, it was clearly Sydney. Every night around the same time for a month, I would hear knocking on my wall beside my bed. If I ignored that, it would go to tapping on the window. By the way, I lived in a two-story house and my room was upstairs with no trees around. Well, it finally started getting super loud and super creepy. I would call my best friend and talk to her about it. The same shit at the same time was going on at her house too. My mom worked third shift as a nurse, and I would think that I would hear her come home from work early in the morning. I would call for her and go downstairs to see if she was home and no one would be there. It would sound like she opened the garage door, came in, and walked straight to her bedroom. Of course, she thought I was nuts until my friend talked me into going to the road where her cousin died. Before we got to that very spot, my mom called me mad as hell because she thought I came home, went upstairs, took a shower, and then left. I hadn't been home all day long. At this point, she's a believer. And she knows that I'm not crazy and I was actually experiencing some shit. Which I hate that she like went through an experience that clearly scared her. But I'm happy that she knows that like you weren't nuts and what you're experiencing was really happening. As I'm on the phone with her and we pull up to the place where my friend's cousin passed away, we look at the clock and it's the exact same time that the report says the crash happened. Her family at this point didn't believe that they just crashed the car, and instead thought something else happened. When we got ready to leave the site, we were chased by a red truck down the road, didn't know why or who it was, but it was really scary. I was so scared and wasn't getting any sleep because of all the shit that was going on at my house, I decided that night that I was just going to stay with my boyfriend, since my mom was going to be at work. I thought surely I'd get some sleep there. We lay down and fall asleep. In the middle of the night, I am woken up because my boyfriend is literally holding me in his arms, like an infant, crying, caressing my head, saying, I'm so sorry, I didn't know, I didn't mean to, please forgive me, no, no, no. Naturally, I'm like, what the fuck? He was asleep, so 
when I woke him up, he thought I was nuts and was like, I never did that. So I tell my best friend. Finally, they figure out what actually happened to her cousin and why she died. The guy she was dating was actually driving the car. They were running from some guys in a red truck that was chasing them. It was gang-related. And they wrecked. Her boyfriend had been drinking, and he thought she was dead because she got thrown from the car. So what does he do? He moves her body, which everyone knows is not okay. Because if she was alive and had a spine injury or something like that, moving her the wrong way could kill her. He put her in the driver's seat and got in the passenger seat to make it look like she was the one driving. We now know all of this because he felt so bad after everything he did that he confessed. And now he's in jail. After family learned the truth, everything stopped and nothing like that ever happened again. To this day, my best friend and I both think that her cousin was trying to get us to figure out what really happened in case it was never 100% solved. I know this story is long and sounds insane, but I swear on everything that it is 100% true. Thank y'all again for everything you do. Love, Sydney. This is like a little bit of like a true crime meets like paranormal type of thing. Um, I loved your story. I don't think it was too long at all. I think it was great. It's so sad that she was trying to like get out of this whole thing and change her life and live the life she wanted. And unfortunately, she didn't, she didn't get the chance to. And then for her boyfriend to like just change the seats around just so he wouldn't get in trouble. Really? I'm really happy that she kept doing these things and was like, no, listen to me. Please listen to me. Like, you have to know what, what happened in case he doesn't say anything. And I wouldn't be so sure to think that maybe she didn't have something to do with him, like, finally confessing. Because if she could tap and knock and do things and you guys could both have these experiences, your friend and yourself, I wouldn't be surprised to think that she didn't do it to him, too. Clearly... Her death caused her some some really big pain, spiritually too, for her to be able to cause you both, or maybe all three of you, to have paranormal experiences, even your mom. I'm sorry for her loss, and I'm sorry that she frightened your mom, but I'm happy that she was able to get some justice for what happened to her. Sudden deaths are really hard on not only family members, but on the spirits and ghosts themselves and especially violent ones and crashing like that and obviously like all the fear and stuff before that and what was going on like that just had to be really really hard so I'm happy that it sounds like she got her unfinished business finished and that I guess she got some peace all right our next story is from Danielle T it was the summer of 96 or better reference to as the summer of hell. <laughs> if you're in Florida, that's every single freaking summer and mostly fall and somewhat spring. <laughs> I can't help but to blame myself. After all, I've watched plenty of horror movies to know all the basic rules. But even then, I ignored the most important one. Ooh. I have not read this story, but I am really excited. Because apparently she was not talking about heat. I totally... To give from a heat perspective. <laughs> um, I mean, in horror movies, typically, the number one rule is you don't go investigate the strange sound because something's going to screw with you. But since we're talking about, like, maybe a paranormal supernatural story, um, I'm thinking there's either a Ouija board or Sad Like a Demon's Name 
or played like one of those weird ghostly games like Bloody Mary. Something like that. I've absolutely no idea, but we're about to find out. I was young and curious and attracted to anything horror. I played with a spirit board by myself. Oh, look at that. And if that wasn't enough, oh shit. <laughs> I had chanted spells that I found in a spell book written in another language. I think that's two for two. <laughs> and you definitely hit all the horror movie things you shouldn't do. <laughs> Frustrated at what I thought was a complete fail since nothing had happened, I continued on with this dangerous combo. Oh, wait, you were doing them together? Oh, no. We need to have a serious talk after this. Uh-uh. No. No, no. I hope that you- I hope that this- I'm assuming this is what taught you not to do that. A few days had passed and things began to change. I started hearing strange sounds. For each night that went by, the evil entity became more aggressive. Some call it sleep paralysis, but I know it was an evil force holding me captive. I can hear the growling in my ear and the voices that it whispers to me calling out my name. I was terrified. I fought so hard to have just enough courage to open my eyes, and then fear would strike again when I would witness with my own eyes a hooded shadow figure by my bed, and shadow figures starting in and out of the wall while calling my name? No. No. Fuck that shit. No. I do not. I don't like it. I don't like... Mm-mm. No. I don't like that. I don't like that shit. It was getting worse. Oh, great. I can now feel it touching me. No. It actually touched my foot. No! Seriously? We've had this conversation on this podcast, right, guys? Like, how I feel about things touching me, especially if they're trying to wake me up, and that I don't like that. And that you're gonna, like, touch... You know, when I was a kid, I used to be terrified. Like, at first, like, I used to sleep with my, my feet out from underneath the bed all the time, and I never, like, thought anything about it. And then I watched one horror movie. It only took one. And it was the thing, I think it may have been like a remake of Boogeyman or something, like it grabbed the angle and, you know, tugged the kid off or something like that off the bed. I was like, I don't know, maybe I just shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, let's not tempt fate. <laughs> I have enough problems as is. I don't need this one. So yeah, touching, touching you while you're in bed. Nobody ever wants that. Especially like touching your foot. Because like, look, I've watched enough of haunting episodes, My Haunted House, Paranormal Survivor, I've got these shows down packed, and there have been ones where the freaking entity dragged the person off the bed by their foot, and look, I'm not down with that. I, you are not about to drag me out of bed. Hell no, you better have some freaking respect. First off, don't you wake me up in the middle of the damn night. Second off, you let me sleep for sure. And third off, don't you touch me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would, I would be having some, I would be having some serious, like, conversations with these ghosts. <laughs> And or shadow figures or whatever they were. I No, no, no. I don't like it. Okay, back to the email. As I'm still freaked out. It wouldn't let me sleep, and it was as if it was getting stronger. I was so scared, and knowing it was, it was my fault, I didn't want to tell anyone, especially my father. All my family had warned me about tampering with spirit boards. I no longer felt safe in my own home, and every chance I got, I tried to go somewhere, hoping that this thing wouldn't follow me. I distinctly remember several occasions where the evil had followed me. My aunt had asked me to stay with her and her family during the week to babysit my little cousin while she worked. I had fallen asleep and something had disturbed my sleep. I opened my eyes to the light above me flickering on and off. I immediately left the bedroom and fell asleep on the couch for the rest of the night. Another night, I had experienced the same exact thing. But this time, as I left the room, I heard whispering coming from my cousin's bedroom, which was located right next to the living room. 
Confused and terrified, I started to wonder if it was my cousin that I had been babysitting, only to find out later that day that he was sleeping in his parents' room the entire night. I knew I had to dispose of the board. Wait, you didn't throw it away yet? Oh, shit, man. And when I did, I heard a voice later that night say, I will come back. Oh, that's... <laughs> okay. Eventually, we moved, and I began feeling safe again. Good. The activity still happens from time to time. Not good. I realized later that this thing wasn't part of the house. I summoned it, and it is attached to me. I thought I was losing my mind until one day my older cousin had visited. She also is a believer who has had her own personal experiences. We were exchanging stories of strange events, and she distinctly heard heavy breathing coming from upstairs. We both looked at each other, and she noticed my dog turned towards the direction of the stairs as if she had heard it too. She has lived there prior to me and said that she's never heard that before. Okay, couple of things I would like to say. It sounds like you have an attached spirit, which from your email, clearly you've realized as well. I don't know what you did with the board. I don't, I, I know there's some people who say like, don't burn it because that releases the energy. You should bury it or throw it in the ocean. When it comes to things like that, I'll be honest with you, I don't know. I'm more of a cleansing person and we've discussed that like, I'd rather just talk to the thing. I think this one just really wants to screw with you. I'm not sure, like from based on like what you said, I'm not sure if it's necessarily dangerous because it sounds like it's just really wanting to screw with you, but it's pushy, which I don't like. And I would recommend you get a cleansing. Get a cleansing, maybe go on a hike, surround yourself around nature, something. Because if not, it's just going to stay with you. Like, clearly it likes to be around you, it, especially if it's been around you for so long. I mean, I don't know your age now, but you mentioned when you were young, and normally that's at least a couple of years whenever someone says that. So it's clearly been with you for a really long time. And if you can't get it to go away yourself, I would definitely say, like, get a cleansing and just do some things that, like, you enjoy if it's going out and being in nature or walking along the beach or something. Normally, I would also ask, like, if you've ever asked it to stop, but clearly it's not a matter of asking it to stop. Or, you know, trying to set boundaries because it's pushy. It's already being pushy with you by trying to touch you or saying, I'll just come back. It really wants to be with you. And so I would definitely recommend that you get a cleansing. And after you get a cleansing, even cleanse your house just to make sure it doesn't go hiding in a corner that nobody bothered to check and get reattached to you the second that, you know, you have a bad day or don't sleep well enough or something like that. But also, guys, I just want to say, you know, we had that interview with Kieran last week on episode 38, and he talked about Ouija boards and spirit boards and the whole knowledge of it. And we've also talked about how I typically feel about Ouija and spirit boards. I do not think they're anything someone should mess with. But I've always kind of like thought about like, how do you say that to a child? You know what I mean? Like, how do you say that to a teenager, especially now in these times where we're beginning to be a little bit more spiritual too. And we're beginning to have those conversations a little bit more. Like, how do you break that down? And I'm not a parent. I've got a mothering personality, but I don't have a child. But I've definitely thought about that. Like, I've thought like, how do you broach that topic with a child? How do you broach that, broach that topic with kids? And I think 
when you tell when you tell someone anyone like don't do something what do they do they ask you why it's very rare that you tell someone don't do something and they just accept it so that doesn't work the the don't you know don't play with the spirit board don't buy the demon book <laughs> like that doesn't work which is the title of Kieran and Ben's episode that I was on with them on paranormal paradigm uh, it was the title was don't buy a demon book and you know we were joking about it but in all honestly like I'm completely serious there are books that you will find that will tell you how to summon things there are people who will tell you incantations and spells to to say and use if you want to summon things and it's great that they're trying to be helpful but you and and you take the responsibility of that action, yes. But if you don't know all the knowledge you can behind what you're doing, you may just say, "Oh, you know, it's all fun and games," and you don't want to believe it and think, oh, "Okay, well, if I don't fully believe it, it's not going to happen." That's not how the spirits work. <laughs> you give if you give them a freaking you know inch, they're going to go yards and miles and and over a freaking whole damn continent. That's just what they do. So. I don't think saying, like, don't play with a Ouija board or don't mess with a Ouija board, I don't think, like, that ever really helps. But I think explaining the knowledge behind it and explaining what can happen and understanding, like, even saying the words, like, I hope that you understand that if you do this, you bear the responsibility for it. And here's what can happen. and Here's why. And there's so many stories about sphere boards and, and the badness and even some good things that have happened like it's not all bad I don't think anything's all completely bad but I do think like it just it definitely needs to be approached in a different way sometimes because most of the time anytime I read a story that someone says something about a Ouija board or anytime someone says like they summon something what do you hear oh yeah this person told me not to do it or don't do it and I was just like well screw it like they don't know any better it'll be fine well and it wasn't so let this be a very clear example of what can happen sometimes. And our last story is from Marie Sterling. Now, Marie is a Patreon member. She is, so thank you for that. Thank you for being a Patreon member. She talks to me a lot on Twitter. She's very sweet. So I'm very, very excited that she sent in this story. And I appreciate you so much, Marie, for being such a huge support for the podcast. Her experience starts with, this happened during the summer between my freshman and sophomore years of high school. The group of friends I hung out with had all collaborated to create a party spot, as we dubbed it, in a little stretch of woods not terribly far from my friend Tabitha's house. There were usually several of us, Tab, Josh, Nathan, Cindy, and myself, were the most frequent visitors. That particular day, it was just Tab and me. To set the stage, let me describe the area a bit. There was one main path that cut through the small wooded area. A smaller path branched off to the left shortly after entering the woods, and that led to a creek. The path that led to a creek had a fairly large flat stone in the middle, which we would build fires on and cook stuff like hot dogs or toast marshmallows. Further along the main path, which had a narrow spot because of two trees crowding in a little, almost like an archway, was a small path off to the right. At the end of that, we had dug a hole and left toilet paper and wet wipes. This was our potty spot to go along with our party spot. I love that you guys literally thought of everything. It was like group camping. Tab and I had just finished lunch, and we were hanging out by the creek when I had to pee. I had just stepped onto the main path when I saw a little blonde girl in a black lab standing in between those two trees. The dog barked once. I looked back over my shoulder, perhaps to see if Tab had followed, 
and when I faced forward again, both the dog and the girl were gone. One other thing of note, the little stretch of woods was a pretty shallow little valley, so you would expect the dog's bark to echo at least a little bit, right? No. I went back to where Tab was, and she asked if I had heard the dog bark. I told her what had happened, and then finally went to go pee. How that little incident didn't startle it out of me, I had no clue. After that, we decided to cut through the rest of the wooded area and go wandering in the next town over. As we walked, Tab was saying that the little girl was following us and talking to her. She not only described the girl and her dog, but told me what had happened. Emily, the little girl, had been out walking her black lab, Sam, when her uncle came along. Oh my. Okay. Okay. He kidnapped, did some stuff with her, and killed her. Then buried the bodies of Emily and Sam in that area. Oh my god, that brought tears to my eyes. My 15-year-old self was simultaneously sorrowful, fascinated, and creeped out. I remember reading old newspaper archives and whatnot to try and verify what had happened but I don't recall what I found, and thus ends my first paranormal experience. I wasn't expecting it to go that dark. I was, like, really hoping it wasn't. I was, when I was, like, reading about the girl, I kind of figured, like, oh, you know, she's probably buried somewhere out there in the woods, but, like, oh, shit. I don't even have anything intelligent to say about this one. I I really don't, because it's just, like, sad that anyone would do that to a little girl. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh. All right, so as I end reading our stories with a lot of fucking anger and I want to punch her uncle in the goddamn face, damn. Okay, I'm going to try and follow that up with some good news since I'm still angry and I still want to punch him in the face. Thank you, of course, to everybody who submitted a story. If you would like to send in your story, please go to thehauntedred.com. You can also email me at thehauntedred at gmail.com. We have a new review. And the review is from Sage Glow, and it's titled Great. Five stars. Love learning about Greek mythology and really enjoyed the episode on Apollo. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'm happy you liked it. And we also have a new Patreon member, which our Patreon is patreon.com slash the haunted ride. You can also find that on the website. But I do have to shout out our newest Patreon member, Shelby Lonis. Thank you so much for becoming a Patreon member. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate all of your support, everyone's support. Just thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who writes reviews and subscribes to the podcast. Like, it means a lot. I think that's everything we have as far as the actual episode goes and any business we had to discuss. But we do have our lovely What I Learned This Week. This week has been a really hard. Officially, Emma, my dog, has a new home that happened as of a couple hours ago. And I am really going through it. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm really going through it. I actually feel a lot better today than I did yesterday because yesterday I was literally just singing sad songs and crying. That's like all I was doing. And it was just, it was not a pretty sight at all. And it was mostly because I didn't even know how to talk about it or talk about my own emotions about any of it. I know this whole week I've been a little bit more frustrated. This week is definitely when like all the chaos and stuff that was happening in the house came to like a major head. And I was just like really, really going through it emotionally. I really was. And, you know, up till yesterday, up till last night when I was thinking about, oh my God, my dog's not going to be here anymore. Even trying to think of like good things, like she's going to a new home. And But honestly, I, I think the reason why I am holding up a little better than I thought I would today is because I can be honest with myself. 
I can look back and think about how I really feel and how I really felt about everything. There's never a moment I didn't love her. And when the people came to pick her up, there were numerous moments where I had to like choke back tears and just to see me, you know, like nice and friendly and cordial and, and, and not be screaming what I wanted to scream, was, which was, no, don't take my dog. And or take my dog and please go so I can cry. But I was talking about everything yesterday and I realized I was actually really angry. I was angry at how bad it had gotten. I was angry at everything that got destroyed. I'm not a materialistic person, but we had barely even really furnished the house. I mean, like, we don't even have a couch. And it's just because of everything that's been going on. And then she started destroying the little things we did have. And I was like, well, I, I can't bring anything in the house. Like, I can't keep watching her stuff, the little bit that we have, like, be destroyed. So, you know, we, we had a whole conversation about that last night, and we were talking about it, and this morning, I decided to just do some cleaning. I was walking around, slept on the floor, and went back in my room, and I went to go put my shoes back on. Now, let me talk about this for a second. I don't like shoes. I don't. And it's just because it, it helps me feel grounded to the area. It helps me feel grounded in myself and the space that I'm in. But I've had to wear shoes ever since I've gotten her because she likes to go digging. She likes to get into the plants and the bushes outside. And so she'll come in with twigs and stuff on her. And then she's super, super hyper. So she, there's no way in the world for you to get them off. So you got to wait until she calms down to get them off. And I'll tell you right now, I've got more than enough splinters from shit like that. So I learned real quick, I've got to wear shoes. So for the last couple of years that I've had her, I've been a shoe wearing person, even though I hate that. Even though for me to feel at home... I walk around barefoot. I feel the cool tile underneath my feet. I feel grounded and in peace and sort of in one with my space. And, you know, I can feel it in other ways, but being able to touch it constantly is something too. And I went to go put my shoes on. I was like, wait, you don't have to do that anymore. And I stepped onto the tile for the first time without shoes on in two and a half years. And I was like, oh my God, this is how my house feels. And I know that sounds like such a weird thing. And I know there's people who like wear shoes at home. And that's, you know, do, do what makes you feel comfortable. And I know that sounds so weird. But for me, I was like, oh my God, I'm back with my space. And that doesn't take away from how I feel. I mean, like, like I said, when the people came to take her, I was, I was choking back tears. And so it didn't mean it wasn't sad or, you know, anything like that. But I guess it's almost like I'm more sure that... I understand all the things I was sacrificing to try to keep her. You know, I remember I would sit here and I was just like, okay, well, maybe if we do this, maybe we do that, maybe if we do the other. All these things cost a lot of money. Like a lot of money. Like I'm talking like $800 worth. Look, I don't have $800 to spare just lying around for every single new thing that I think might help my dog just so I can keep her. And you can't think like that either. Like, no matter how much you love something and you want to keep it, and if it's, if it's clearly unhappy and you're unhappy, you owe it to both of you to figure that out. My husband described it yesterday as, I understand why you're upset because it's like a marriage. I said, yeah, we're basically getting a divorce. And it doesn't stop the love that's there. It's just the knowledge that I know for a fact she needs to go somewhere else. She needs to be with someone else who can provide her with more things than I can provide for her. And give her the life that apparently she really needs. 
and is wanting and that's what's causing all these problems and everything's going on. And I just, yesterday, it was just like last night, there's so much honesty. And I think out of everything that has happened to me, especially like in the last year or so as I've been working on my growth, I don't have a problem being honest with other people. But to be honest with yourself about how you feel and why you feel that way without feeling like you need to explain it, without feeling like you have to make an excuse for it, but just being honest and saying, this is how I feel, this is what's going on, and that's it. Like, just letting that be it is really relaxing and calming and eye-opening. It really is. So I encourage all of you, and I really, truly hope that you are able to get to that place, too, where you can look inside yourself, and if you have an insecurity, you can be honest about it. If you're going through a hard time, you can be honest about it. If you have a fear, you can be honest about it. Because I promise you, after you can do that, the next day you can wake up and feel a little different. I felt so much different this morning. And right now I'm still sad. But like, I, I'll tell you right now, like last night, after everything or before everything, I was like, I don't know if I can do a podcast this week. And I really wanted to, but I was just so down that... I thought I was going to sound like an idiot, to be honest with you. And I just thought that that was that energy was going to come out into this podcast. And I never want to do that to you guys. And I don't feel that way now. I just, I don't. So anyway, I hope you liked our episode this week. I hope that you're able to be open and honest, not just with other people, but honestly with yourself and how you're feeling inside and what you need and what you require to be happy. Love yourselves. It's very, very important. Love others. Take care. Be safe. Have a good day. Good night. A good everything. The month of August is supposed to be a time of healing and relaxation and, and getting over a whole bunch of the shit that we've gone through early in this year, especially in the last month of July. So says Moon Astrology. So I hope that that comes to you too and that you're able to appreciate and smile, and laugh, and sing, and dance, and love through every single second of every single day. You deserve that. So, like we always like to say, don't let the ghost get you. Bye. Mm-hmm.